Welcome to the Church of the Redeemers Weekly Podcast. We pray that you will enjoy this week's service, and we hope that you will follow us at www.cotrb.org, and may God continue to bless you. Father, we thank you for being so good to us. We thank you for being good to us. We thank you for being good to us. We may not feel good about the outcomes that we've experienced, but we thank you for being good to us. I need to hear the people praise. Thank you for being good to us. We take off this spirit of heaviness. Oh my. And we put on the garment of praise. Thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I said we take off this spirit of heaviness and we put on today the garment of praise. Thank you for being good to us. Hallelujah. 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 Pray that you would keep us, protect us, guide us, and guard our hearts, guard our minds. We thank you for our neighbor today. We thank you for watching over them. We thank you for keeping them. We thank you for when they would go astray, that you would be a hedge of protection round about them. We thank you, Lord, for our loved ones today. When they decide to go left, you will bring them back to the right way. We thank you, Lord. We thank you. We thank you, Lord, for being a keeper today. We thank you, Lord, for being a way maker today. We thank you, Lord, for keeping us from our own destruction. Hallelujah. 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 When the wicked, even my enemies, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and they fell. Thank you for allowing the enemy to stumble before. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. All right. Thank you for allowing the enemy to stumble. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you. Thank you. The plan was set, but you allowed the enemy to stumble and fall. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank you for keeping us. We thank you for watching over us. Thank you for being our God and for being our glory. Watch over your word to perform it in this place in Jesus' name. We'll thank you and we'll praise you. Come on, clap your hands and give God praise for me. Clap your hands and give God praise. Clap your hands and give God praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He stumbled and he fell. (laughs) He stumbled. He was coming to get you, but he stumbled. I feel the pain. (laughs) Right there. The host of the enemy was coming to get you, but stumbled. The plan, the plot of the enemy was right there. They were trying to take you out, but he... Million didn't make it, but I'm glad I'm one of the ones who did. Hallelujah. 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 If you don't go on with nothing else, know that your enemy stumbled. <laughs> he stumbled. He 
stumbled. He stumbled. He stumbled. And he fell. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It, ain't, it didn't say that there would be no weapon formed, but the forming of the weapon would not work. Why? Because he stumbled. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We're starting a new series this morning, guys. We're starting a new series. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody look at somebody and say, he stumbled, he stumbled, he stumbled, he stumbled. Just look at somebody on the left hand. Stumbled, he stumbled. He stumbled. He stumbled. He said, I praise you, God, because if the enemy stumbled before me, try to, try to, try to. We're starting a new series this morning. Hallelujah. 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 Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You couldn't protect yourself, but God protected you. What is going on in this room? I don't know. He stumbled. He stumbled. Okay, we're starting a new series this morning. This series is on prayer. Series is on prayer. We're going to study from now through Thanksgiving. Y'all set, settle yourselves into this, okay? Settle in, settle in. We're going to ride this all the way out till the wheels fall off. You hear me? We are going to be in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, the end. From now through Thanksgiving, we're going to be in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. Turn to it. 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. Whew. Thank you for the stumbling. I feel like there's one day, y'all, we ain't going to have church. We just going to praise the whole way through. <laughs> we going to praise because that's going to be church. It's going to be time to celebrate. The Bible says, the Bible says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, and pray. Seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then, somebody say then, yes. will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. There's a topic for this morning's message. The topic is if. If. God, thank you for this time in your presence. I ask that you would allow for us to be drawn closer to you as we study your word. Help us to acknowledge you as our Savior and to learn more about you and your word today. We'll thank you and we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. We come to this verse of scripture after having experienced a lot of life in Israel. This, is, this verse of scripture is written down in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. And the books of the Chronicles are history books. They're books that are communicating to us the history of a nation called Israel. In the first book of Chronicles, there's a lot of conversation about the prophets and about the kings. And the king that it primarily focuses on is this guy named David. Y'all know David? David was a king of Israel. He was actually the second king of Israel. The first king of Israel was Saul. The second king of Israel, his name was David. Saul was chosen by the people, but David was chosen by God. I'm preaching already. I hope you're with me. I hope you're with me. Saul was chosen by the people. David was chosen by God. 
And then David decided to upend his call by calling someone else and making his position placed that he was placed in by God a destiny for his family. He did that because, he did that because, I should slow down. He did that because he heard a word from the Lord that there would never be someone on the throne that was not from the household of David. So he said, if that's going to be the case, I'm going to choose. He said, if that's going to be the case, God, if you've promised me someone that's going to be on my throne, on the throne, excuse me, because I think that's where he messed up. On my throne, I mean on the throne, excuse me, because it's not your throne, it's God's throne. God made you a promise, but you've taken ownership of the promise, and that's where we go wrong. But I digress. Let's get back to where we're supposed to be. God made you a promise. God made you a promise. He decided in the moment, because he heard the word of the Lord, that he was going to take ownership of who would be the next king. And he chose this guy by the name of Solomon. It was his son. He chose this guy by the name of Solomon, and it was his son. Solomon, when he was chosen by his father, and anointed and appointed by the people. He decided to ask God for the tools required to complete the work that God had assigned him. And the first thing he asked for in the book of, of Second Chronicles, beginning at the first chapter, in the first verse, it says, Solomon requests, this, this subsection, Solomon requests wisdom. Instead of asking God for the hearts of the people, for favor from the leaders, for anything else that he might have otherwise felt as though he needed to be successful in his reign as king, he asked the Lord for wisdom. He asked the Lord for wisdom so that he could be a good king for the people. And he asked the Lord for wisdom so that he could be a good king for his father. He wanted to honor his dad. He wanted to do and to, to do the things that the generations before him had set him up to complete. And so Solomon gets into this position where he's king, he's responsible, and he has to lead the people, but he's not quite sure where to go. So he listens to the voices of his father and his father's leaders, his father's trusted advisors. And he says, well, hmm, my daddy always wanted to build a temple. So that's what I'm going to do, y'all. My daddy bought a city block. Whoop, I'm sorry. My daddy always wanted to build a temple. I'm going to get in trouble and I don't care about it. My daddy always wanted to build. <laughs> I feel like preaching today. My daddy always wanted to build a temple. So since I don't have any ideas of my own, what I'm going to do is what my father told me I should do. So he goes about and sets about to build a temple. And he does a great job at it. Verse, uh, chapter 2, chapter 3, chapter 4, chapter 5. It talks all about the materials that are collected by the people. 
the offerings, the building fund, I'm sorry, the offerings and the, the, the things that were collected, the wood and the stones and all of the things that were needed to build this beautiful temple for the Lord. And they set it aside because Solomon's daddy said, you're supposed to build a big house for God. And he does a great job at it. He does a fantastic job at building the Lord a house. But what he needed to realize was after he completed the work of his father, God needed to become his God. When he did what his father told him to do, if he didn't have his own relationship with God, he would have run out of ideas. So in the moment where it came time for him to dedicate the temple, we're in chapter number six. In a moment, the moment where it came time for Solomon to dedicate the temple to God, he prays for one, two, three, four, five, six, 42 verses. That's a long chapter. Y'all get mad for praying for five minutes. This man prayed a prayer, a formal prayer on behalf of God's people that lasted for 42 verses. He dedicated the, the things that were put in the temple. He dedicated the people that were going to come to worship in the temple. He dedicated the people that were going to lead worship in the temple. He called everybody's hearts and everybody's mind back, not to the temple, but to God. And in that moment, God became his God. Solomon had completed the work that he was assigned to do by his father. And he needed to know what God was calling him to do in the next few years of his life. And we get then after in, verse number, in chapter number 7 verse 1. It says, when Solomon had finished praying, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. Now, God, Solomon had experienced following after order. I'm, I'm going somewhere. Just stay with me, please. Solomon had experienced following after order, but he had never experienced the glory of the Lord. Hello? Some of y'all have experienced doing what other people have told you to do, but you have never quite experienced the glory of the Lord. You have been in church but you've never really been in the presence of the life-changing presence of the king. And what God is calling us to in this season is not just to come to church virtually or physically. God is calling us to come to his side. He's calling us away from the things that would distract us so that we could be in his presence and experience his glory. We've experienced church long enough. Please say amen, somebody. We've experienced fellowship long enough. We've experienced good fried chicken and wonderful potato salad for long enough. But in this season, at this time, and on this day, I am seeking the glory. Hallelujah. I feel like we just turned a corner. I am seeking the glory 
of God. I can get fried chicken at Crown. I can get potato salad on my own, but I can only get the glory of God with the people of God. Oh my God. I, <laughs> All right. Okay. So Solomon, in the moment, 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 Solomon comes to the place where he says, I have given you all that I'm supposed to give. I've done all that I'm supposed to do according to my dad. And now I have, since I've given you everything I'm supposed to give, since I've done everything I'm supposed to do according to my father, Lord, will you please bless me with a relationship? Bless me with a relationship. I think that that's somebody's prayer today. I'm going to wait right there. I think that that's someone's prayer today. Lord, I've done everything that my grandmama taught me. I've done everything that my daddy taught me. Done everything that my mama taught me. But I still don't feel you like they said I would. I still don't experience you like they said I would. I still don't have the relationship with you like they said I would. If you would just lift your hands wherever you are and just say, Lord, be to me who you've been to generations before. I don't care. Close your eyes. Lift your hands. It's time for God to move. Be to me who you have been to generations before. Teach me to pray. Teach me to worship. Teach me to war in the spirit. Teach me to read your word. Teach me to understand and divide your word with truth. Be to me who you were to generations before. Be good and be God. Today, we need you like never before. Solomon did everything he's supposed to do. And he needed God to be there with him in that moment at that time. And he prayed. And when he prayed, the children of Israel saw how the fire consumed. God consumed the the offering. The children of Israel saw the glory of the Lord on the temple. And they all bowed their faces to the ground on the pavement and worshiped. And praised the Lord saying, for he is good. (laughs) For his mercy endures forever. (laughs) He is good. And his mercy endures forever. When I feel it, he is good. And his mercy endures forever. When I don't feel it, he is good. And his mercy endures forever. When he was consuming my offering, he is good. And his mercy endures forever. When I feel like my offering and my prayers bounce off of the ceiling, Lord, you're still good. And your mercy endures forever. When I have everything I want, God, you're good. I wish I had a church. I really do. And your mercy endures forever. And when everything is taken away from me that I feel like I need, Lord, you are good. And your mercy endures forever. Solomon, after he had completed the work of his fathers, he gave his heart and the nation back to God. And he prayed. Sacrifice was accepted by God. And then we get to this place where It looks like in demonstration that God had responded to the prayer. But in all actuality, it wasn't in the loudness of the moment that God actually responded and restored the heart of the nation back to himself. It was actually in verse number 16. I'm sorry, in verse number 13 where God actually restores the heart of the nation back to himself. The people of Israel had gone through a whole lot of winds. The children of Israel have gone through a whole lot of winds. They experienced destruction, which was a win. 
They experienced calamity, and that was a win. They experienced scattering, and that was a win. They experienced the death of their king twice, and that was a win. They experienced division of their nation. It wasn't just Israel. It was Israel and Judah now. That was, they had gone through, in essence, a church split, and that was a win. And they were trying to find their way again, and that was a win. And when they experienced their when, some of them decided to be when okay people. <laughs> Y'all know that type of person? When okay. Write that down. That's the type of person that when something happens to you, you just put the weight on your back and you deal with it all by yourself. Israel had a lot of when okay kind of people who experienced trouble, trauma, difficulty, and turmoil. And when they needed to fix something, they decided that they would fix it all by themselves. They were those that are self-reliant, the get-it-done types. As John Maxwell will call them in his 21 Indisputable Laws of Leadership, they were the ones that would live by the mantra, if it's to be, it's up to me. That's the when okay kind of person. Then there were some when why kind of people. The when why people were those who, when those calamities struck, when those things hit, they were the type of person that would always ask God to explain God's self. (laughs) They want to know the reason for everything before trusting God for anything. There's room for this in all of our lives. In Job, in fact, when he was in trouble, he asked God, why did I not die at birth? Because he was so overwhelmed with his trouble that he was facing in his life, he didn't even want to live. David, when he was faced with unruly people all around him, asked God why the nations were set against following God's authority. That's in Psalm chapter 2, verse 1 through 2. And even Jesus, when he was on the cross, asked the Father why he was being forsaken. Asking the Father is not a bad thing. Asking why, if you're a when, why person, it's not necessarily a bad thing. But it is a bad thing when your why postures you in a position where you can't trust God. Your why is putting you in a place where you have to hear an answer for your trust, a reason for your trust before you just give God what he is deserving of, which is your trust. You're waiting for God to explain God's self when in all actuality, God ain't got no explaining to do. He's been good all the time for he is good. Verse seven, chapter seven, verse three, and his mercy endures forever. He ain't got no explaining to do to you. God is not looking for just when okay people. He's not looking for when why people. God is looking for when if people. The Bible says that in chapter number seven, verse three, the Bible says, when I shut up heaven, hallelujah, and there is no rain. He didn't say, if I shut up heaven and there is no rain. When I shut up heaven 
and there is no rain. What is the rain to us? The rain is the ability to produce what we need in our lives. When your ability to produce what you need is no more. Not when, but I'm not if, but when. When that happens to you. And when I command locusts to devour your land. What does that mean to us today? That means when your bank account is in the negative. And you can't get no gas, but you still got to go to work. You can't get no groceries for your babies, but you still got to make sure that they eat. It's not an if, it is a when. And when I send pestilence among my people. What does that mean? When your body is sick and racked with pain. Not if. But when, when you can't find a doctor to figure out what's going on with you, not if, but when, God is calling us to realize that these whens will happen in our lives. And he's not calling us to be when okay people, to put that weight on our back and carry it until we find the answer. He's not calling us to be when why people. God is calling us to be when, if, people. He is looking for people that say, when you cut off every source that I know, when you devour my bank account and I have nothing else, and when you allow for sickness to rack my body, I will be an if person. Hallelujah. (laughs) I will be an if person person. I will allow the calamity to happen and I will be one that calls on your name. It says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from your wicked ways, then your answer is going to come. He promised you that he would hear you When you pray, he promised you that he would forgive your sins and he promised you that he would heal you like only he can do. You have been carrying this burden for long enough. You have been an if okay, a when okay person for far too long. You have been a when or a when why person for far too long. You have been complaining to the king, (laughs) complaining to the king for far too long too long. Your faith is dependent upon God's explanation to you. But God is calling you, calling me, calling every one of us in this season to be in when, if person. He's calling us to allow our faith to go before our circumstances. He's calling us to trust him when we can't trace him. There's been work that has been done in this church called Church of the Redeemer Baptist that has set us up for when moments. For when moments. Good when moments. And bad when moments. God has set us up for greatness. But with that setup, cousin, comes an opportunity for calamity. Hello. 
say it again. God has set us up for greatness. But with that greatness comes an opportunity for calamity. We could be everything God desires for us to be. Or we could allow ourselves to fall on our faces. Because we could decide if we want to be when okay people. We could tough it out. Do it how we want to do it. Or we can decide to be when why people. Why didn't it go my way? Why aren't they doing it the way I want to do it? Why aren't they starting now? Why aren't they working at this over the right time? Why doesn't this person lead it? Why doesn't that person lead it? Why did they call him? Why are they doing that? Why, 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 why? You ain't got no control. Shut up. Stop. God don't owe you no explanations. He doesn't owe you any explanations. You are called in this season, we as a body are called in this season to be when, if, people. If you need an explanation, take it to the Lord in prayer. If you need to know what God is calling you to do, take it to the Lord in prayer. If you have heart hurt and you're trying to figure out where and how God is leading you in this season, saints, Take it to the Lord in prayer. When God breaks your heart, be an if kind of person. Not an okay kind of person. Not a why kind of person. Be an if kind of person. Take it to the Lord in prayer and allow for him to give you the answer that you need. When your body is sick and you're trying to figure out why, take it to the Lord in prayer. He will remind you that he is a healer. Jehovah Rapha. The Lord that heals. When you need more money in your pocket so that you can give to the work of ministry, take it to the Lord in prayer. When you're trying to figure out what to do next for the purposes of your own soul's salvation, be a when, if person. And I guarantee you that God will hear from heaven. He will forgive your sins. And he will heal your land. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Some of y'all haven't gotten saved yet. Because you put your salvation on your back. With regard to salvation, you've been a when okay person. I can't trust God because I can't trust people. Been an or kind of person. I got this. But you know you don't have it. You're faking it. And you're not making it. Some of y'all aren't saved because you've been complaining. Looking at your circumstances. And complaining about everything that's happening in your life. You've been a when, why kind of person. Every time something happens to you, you start complaining to God. Why is this going on? Why are you doing that? I can't believe if you were good, why are you doing this to me? Why are you allowing this to happen? You've been a when, why kind of person. The only way you can accept the gift of God, which is salvation 
is to be a when-if kind of person. You just got to trust him. That's all you can do. Trust him. So in this moment, if you've never accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, now is your time, and today is your day. Stop asking questions. Stop doubting God. And trust him today. If you need to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and you're in this room, come forward now. I'm tired of doubting. I'm tired of doing it on my own. The doors of the church are open. I'm tired of doubting. I'm tired of doing it on my own. I'm tired of trying to figure it out on my own. If you need to accept the Lord Jesus Christ, now is your time and today is your day. I'm tired of being afraid. I'm tired of wondering. I'm trying, tired of needing an answer that I'll never receive. <laughs> if you need to come back to God, even in the virtual room, our virtual space, our virtual campus, excuse me, if you need to come back to God because you've walked away because you haven't received the answers that you wanted, the doors of the church are open. And if you want to join a church, Redeemer is a great place to call home. I'll try again. If you want to join a church, if you need to join a church, Redeemer is a great place to call home. If you need to be saved, if you need to return back to God, if you need a church home, even in our virtual campus, now is the time, today is the day. Stop doing it on your own. And allow the Lord to work in you, with you, through you, and for you. He will hear you. He will forgive you. And he will heal your land. God bless you is my prayer.